welcome to CX Today. My name is Charlie, I'm the senior editor here, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Edgar Polak, an IT area manager at DPG Media. Edgar, thank you very much for joining us today. How are you doing? Thank you, Charlie, for uh, having me. I'm uh, well, having a quite a good day in spite of the too poor weather. Uh, it should be summer by now, but uh, not sure as how it is on your side, but here it's still rainy and cold. Yeah, grey for about three weeks in the middle of July, which is uh, taking me back to my childhood in England. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's great to have you as a, uh, join us, as I said, and I'm really uh, excited for this discussion uh, today to talk about DPG Media's CCAS migrations and to maybe share some of your kind of insights and lessons that you've uh, taken from that. Uh, but first things first, to get started, I don't know... Obviously, I'm in Belgium now, so I kind of know a little bit around DPG Media already. Mm. For anybody who doesn't know, could you maybe tell us a little bit about the company and your role there? Sure. Uh, DPG Media is actually the, the biggest media company in both Belgium and Netherlands. It's a Belgian-owned uh, company. Uh, we do actually a lot of different medias. So we have online services, but we also have... Uh, Television, we have radio, we have newspapers, we have magazines uh, in, in both Netherlands and Belgium. Uh, um, we're the biggest in, in most of those uh, those above. Um, and yeah, you know, it's a, it's, it's a company that's actually continuously growing. I think that's a main characteristic as well. We continuously take over other companies, growing our business. Um, so probably we'll be expanding Outside of Belgium and Netherlands, we already have small, uh, small uh, footprint in, in, in Denmark, uh, but sure that it will grow uh, as it goes, because as a company, we continuously take over other companies. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, so we like to be, be on the eating side of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's some really great insight because you can tell just how many kind of companies it kind of branches that you have. And I imagine from a, from your perspective in your job, that might make, um, running a service environment that bit trickier. Um, specifically oh, yeah. when you maybe you were on premise beforehand. And maybe the next question I would ask you then is kind of what was your contact center environment like pre migration and what challenges did you kind of see that you could overcome, uh, with a CCAS migration? Yeah, I think um, answer to that uh, nicely ties ties into uh, uh, both aspects actually. Because if we look to the landscape we were coming from, <clears throat> indeed it was an on-premise uh, landscape. It was also a segregated landscape. So, um, like you are saying, we have many many brands um, and many different products, but the 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 contact center solutions that we had running off the premise were actually um, segregated per set of brands or per type of media. So we had a separate contact center solution for magazines. We had a separate one for newspapers in Netherlands, a separate one for newspapers in Belgium. Uh, so it's kind, kind of diverse. And also since it grew by simply us taking over other companies, also, there was quite a big uh, difference between the different implementations. Also, if you looked in the channels that we uh, were using, as well as the uh, functionality that we had implemented over those channels. 
Yeah, I can just imagine actually all the complexity that is involved with that in your role. So, <laughs> so a lot of sympathy maybe uh, there, but it's, it's, it's great to kind of hear about that. And uh, before kind of this conversation, I had a look at um, kind of a presentation that you gave um, before, and you described your approach then, given these challenges to CCAS was, uh, you decided that a radical approach was the best kind of uh, one to take. Um, could you maybe tell us a little bit about this approach and what made it so uh, radical? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think in the, the presentation that you looked at, I think I, I used the visual of a, a ticking time bomb um, <laughs> because that's what we set ourselves up with. Uh, we knew that migrating away from such a segregated on-premise landscape would be a nightmare and that we had to make sure that we couldn't go otherwise you know if you start on an implementation it's always easy at some point to turn back or only do half of it and we wanted to make sure that uh, we wouldn't go that way um, and we actually did that by simply selling our data centers um, <laughs> and we actually had to hand in the keys uh, like well, now like five weeks ago. <laughs> uh, so we, we, we had to, to do it. There was no way back. We sold our data centers. We had to get away from them. That meant simply moving away from each and every of those segregated solutions to a single uh, integrated cloud-based platform. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, on that, uh, you chose uh, Nice as your vendor um, for yeah. this. What what made you think of Nice as kind of the best place vendor to help you in such a, a, a radical and uh, rapid uh, transformation process? Yeah, and, and you're mentioning rapid, and, and we needed that as well because, in the end of the day, uh, after doing our selection for Nice, we had about nine months to do the full implementation. Um, and we were sure that we could only succeed if we would have. Uh, let's say a company and a solution to work with uh, that first of all had all the functionalities on board that we needed. Uh, like I said, we came from a quite diverse landscape with all kinds of functionalities, of course, with the business that wanted that all back uh, and a bit more <laughs> because that's how it goes. And of course, changing requirements along the way, because you know, that's, that's how business works uh, in the end of the day. Um, so we needed a product that was really able to cater for each and every functionality that we had on board and that we would think of. Uh, that's one thing. A second thing is, um, in such a big media landscape, you have integrations all over the place. So integrations with speech solutions, uh, integrations with agent toolings, uh, integrations with the data landscape, um, and quite a few, few more on top of that. Um, so we also needed to have a solution that would actually integrate with speed. Uh, eventually you can integrate anything, any solution, but if you need to do it really quick, you need a, a, a product that's really sophisticated in doing that for you and helping you really out on the integration part. So that was the second thing, uh, that we took heavily in selections, especially because we were integrating with, uh, well, let's say not too flexible packages like Salesforce and SAP. Um, 
The third thing is that in doing such a project under time pressure, you will run into surprises. You thought about a lot, but in the end of the day, you still bump into things that you didn't think up of up front. Um, and if you bump into such a situation, you need a partner that is actually able and willing to move along with you uh, without um, putting you in a lock-in and say, okay, we can help you, but please uh, uh, take on this uh, this big bill because that's the only way we're going we're gonna to help you. And for us, NICE upfront was ticking all those boxes uh, together with our with the implementation partner, Bright Contact. Um, and also during the course of the project, it was proven right that the combination of NICE and Bright Contact still ticked all those boxes. Uh, so we made yeah. a, we made a good choice actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. I think there's kind of those three pillars there that you talked about of reliability, um, in, uh, integrations, and a feature-rich um, platform too. And I, I guess Nice's kind of does hit those uh, very well, as you said. Uh, so you've gone through this this uh, rapid, radical uh, transformation progress. You've kind of you've selected your vendor who's worked alongside you to kind of. Uh, implement that uh, solution and integrate it with your various other solutions like Salesforce. Um, could you maybe give us a little bit of insights into kind of what you've seen as the results uh, from that transformation process? Yeah, I think um, the results also for our business have been even bigger than uh, expected upfront or aimed for upfront maybe. Um, because our, our main aim was actually to simply do this migration, migrate away from this legacy uh, without making too many changes to the way we were working in our uh, customer centers. Um, but along the way, seeing how the product worked, actually our business started asking and, you know, we couldn't resist the temptation uh, to also uh, make some improvements in, in uh, the way of working. So. Uh, by now, we, we are working uh, multi-skilled. We are working uh, blended uh, over the different channels. And that's really a big uh, uh, step forward in terms of uh, workforce management, in terms of skill management and people management. Um, we really now have, let's say, a single platform for our whole operation um, in, 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 in the uh, consumer interaction. And that's helping us big time. Hmm. Yeah, it's re also really interesting to hear how the transformation enabled you to reimagine processes like multi-skilled mm -hmm. uh, agents and channel various channel strategies um, too. So you can kind of, instead of spending your time, I don't know, preserving servers and things like that, you can actually yeah. think more about um, the innovation, the innovation possibilities. So I think that's uh, particularly interesting now, and it will be. I think it would also be kind of fascinating to think about kind of what lessons that you have from that entire process of first choosing a vendor and then ensuring a smooth migration. Um, yeah, so from across that journey, what kind of lessons would you give to a business that might be going through, um, might want to go through uh, a similar uh, process? Yeah. yeah, I think um, the first lesson I want to share is that um, if you do a selection, you have many criteria to to go about, and uh, especially if you have a um, procurement-led uh, uh, selection like we had, um, 
sometimes the you tend to go to choose something that's just right at that moment that's just fitting your requirements instead of looking beyond your direct requirements you could think of when you started off with the with the process we deliberately chose to say okay we're gonna go not just for let's say the must-have requirements that we have not just the minimal set but we also go about all the things that we think we might want to use in the future uh, but we don't see that yet as part of the implementation um, and i think i would definitely advise to go that way because like well we were just discussing uh it enabled us to actually go beyond just replacing a product uh, in our implementation and it really helped us to have the business step up instead of being stable for a period uh, because you blocked everything out because you were implementing a, a product uh, so we could improve our operation alongside uh, still doing an implementation of a, of a new product and migrating away from uh, the legacy um, the second thing I would say is to, and we did kind of go wrong there. We corrected that along the way, but um, imagine how you want your consumer interaction to happen. And not just now, but also in the future in the sense that um, the way interaction is going along, you know, it's changing and it's changing rapidly. And uh, one of the things we didn't think about enough is to also think about the outbound parts because if you think about the customer center the traditional view of course is the consumer is contacting you <clears throat> and maybe you want to call call the consumer back um, but you probably you may just be thinking about the inbound part and that's this was also something that that for us changed along the way that we wanted to be much more proactive towards our consumer um and therefore really needed much better and bigger outbound uh, uh, possibilities than we thought of uh, on first hand um a third lesson learned i think is indeed go for flexibility you know you are working for a complex organization you are implementing in a, a, a difficult landscape without doubt if you're watching this uh, this broadcast <laughs> otherwise you wouldn't be interested i guess to uh, to see this interview um make sure you have something on board that's really giving you the flexibility to uh, go fast and to switch wherever possible wherever needed um, both from let's say a partnering perspective as well as a tooling perspective hmm. i think those yeah. those are the three takeaways i want to give to the people uh, yeah and i think those are three really um helpful uh lessons uh, what the first and looking beyond your current requirements and thinking about what you may need kind of in the future and then also think about the future of communication uh, i think the example a good example that you gave that was kind of proactive outbound communications um within that too and um and then yeah there was the, the the third part also of kind of getting the flexibility you hear a lot of stories about um kind of certain companies that end up getting locked into a certain vendor 
um, and maybe um, held to certain requirements. And it's great to hear that kind of you, by working with NICE, you've managed to avoid, avoid those uh, concerns. So I think those are three really great um, lessons to close on. And Edgar, I really appreciate uh, you coming on to talk to us uh, today. It's been okay. great to kind of hear about your experiences and get those lessons at the end there. So yeah, thank you very much uh, for joining me today. It was a pleasure, uh, Charlie, and thank you for uh, for the interview. Have a good day and uh, good luck with the show, I would say. Thank you, absolutely, and good luck at uh, DPG Media. I'm sure you'll be continue to be great, though. And um, and uh, yeah, also thank you to everybody for watching. Bye for now.